Well, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the third part of our devotion on the work of grace. Uh, this is coming from Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. And so far we've looked at how God's grace is working presently, and it's doing so in the person of the Holy Spirit to bring salvation to all men, to convict the world of sin, to make people aware of their need for a Savior. We've seen that the work of grace is working in the person of Jesus Christ, who, who died, who gave himself up for us to redeem us from lawlessness and to make us a sober people who are zealous for good deeds. And it's at this moment that we'll finish up chapter 2, verse 15, and look at how God is intending, he's, he's purposed to work through you and I, if we'll but let him. Let's read chapter 2, verse 15 together. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. The first thing we see today is that we are called upon to speak the things that God has done and to do so intentionally. Remember that we just finished from last week that, that God has redeemed us to make us zealous for good deeds. In fact, the zeal, the zeal that we have uh, reminds me of those of the disciples who were arguing who would be first. Oftentimes, Jesus doesn't correct the desire to be first. What he does is he asks us, are we really willing to drink the cup that he has? Uh, the cup that he has to bear, it, which was the cup of martyrdom. Are we willing to be martyrs for the faith? We need to speak what God has done in the Holy Spirit, what God has purposed in the person of Jesus Christ, and we do so uh, with enthusiasm, excitement, with zeal. Have you told anyone how you came to know Christ? Are you prepared to tell anyone how you came to know Christ? Every Christian should have a testimony, and that testimony should include what they were like before they met Christ, how they met Christ, and finally, how Christ has changed their life since. This before Christ, at Christ, and after Christ is a great format for you to go ahead and work on your own testimony. We should all have a testimony. We should also know the story of the Bible, the, the story that God created the heavens and the earth, and that humanity fell in, into sin, and that God has been on a reclaiming mission of redemption ever since, and that through the person of Jesus, He has brought salvation to us today, and that we are now on a mission to reclaim humanity, every tribe, nation, and tongue for His sake. We have to speak these things. People will not pick these things up on accident. They won't just look at your life and say, hey, uh, that person must be a Christian. What we have to do is live the lives that God's called us to live, but we have to speak. We have to tell. It's a singular pronoun at this passage. Titus, you do this. And I think that singularity is important for us because each one of us is called to speak. Next, we're called to exhort, encourage. I love the story of Barnabas, who was the great encourager, the son of encouragement. When Paul was sent away, Barnabas went and got Paul and brought him to the church of Antioch, and the two of them began one of the greatest church plants of all time. When John Mark abandoned Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary trip, it was Barnabas who went and found John Mark and brought him back into the fold. And we need encouragers. We need some Barnabas types in the church today who are going to go out of their way to encourage and lift each other up. Are you a Barnabas? Can you take on the task of lifting up your fellow believers in Christ? How about your neighbors who don't know Christ? Can you encourage them? Can you lift them up? Can you bring them to a point where they want to know the gospel and then tell it? You know, Proverbs 25:11 says, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in the right circumstances. God is calling us to be encouragers, to speak the words in the right circumstances and to lift people up. The verse then goes on to say, reprove these things with all authority. The church today is going to be confronted like never before with the world. And we need to be prepared to reprove the world, 
not to bend by the will of the world. We have to stand on the gospel. We have to hold to our faith. And we have to look at the world and say, Thus saith the Lord. I cannot redefine marriage because the Bible has defined it. I cannot redefine gender because the Bible has defined it. And I don't stand on my own authority. I stand on the authority of the apostles and more importantly, the authority of the very word of God, Jesus Christ, who when he left us, he said, all authority has been given to me and go and be my witnesses. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have to remember the authority that we claim in Jesus Christ and reprove the world in that authority. And we reprove one another. Every now and then we fall out of step and we need to repent and we need to be accountable to each other and we need to lift each other back up and seek forgiveness for our sins so that we can be a holy people because that's what Christ called us to be. The very end of this chapter says, Titus, let no one disregard you. Let no one disregard you. It is easy to be disregarded today. And sometimes our fear of being set aside or being made fun of is uh, enough for us to be quiet about our faith, to stop walking the walk, definitely to stop talking the talk, and not encouraging and not living in step with the Holy Spirit. We have to be intentional to let no one disregard us. We have to remember that even though Timothy was young, Paul said, don't let anyone despise you for your age. Don't let anyone despise you for whatever your background may be or for whatever... A situation you find yourself in today. When you stand on the authority of Scripture and when you stand uh, on the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have to stand as an adopted son or a daughter, a prince or a princess, on the Word of God. And in this, people may make fun of you, they may mock you, they may persecute you, they may kill you, but you have to have the confidence that comes from being a child of the King to be clear, bold, and consistent in your faith. The Word of God has come. The grace of God has come. It has brought salvation to all men through the person of the Holy Spirit, and it's doing so through the gospel that you and I present. And the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. It convicts people of their sin and prepares them for salvation. The Word of God, the grace of God, has moved through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died and gave himself up for you and I so that we might become uh, lawful people, godly people, sober people, zealous for good deeds. And those deeds include speaking, exhorting, reproving with all authority, not being despised by any, for we stand as children of the King. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you'll let God's grace work through you today. God bless you.